0: Share our very selves. When our previous bishop, Bishop Olmsted, came to Phoenix in 2003, there were some people, they, they met him, and they wanted to welcome him and offer him a gift, and they said, we would like to buy you a new car as a welcome gift, and in the Diocese of Phoenix, it's pretty big, so you're gonna be putting some miles on that, on that thing. And, he, and Bishop Olmsted said, um, no thank you. <laughs> I have a decent car and it serves me fine, I'll thank you though. And they're like, okay, uh, no new car? They said, okay, well, the previous bishop has a, there's a house there, so we're gonna fix it up and you can live there. And, and Bishop Olmsted said, no, um, I, I prefer just to live at the cathedral in one of the rooms there with the other priests. I'm like, okay. <laughs> Later on, when he was at a, at a news conference, and someone said, uh, Bishop Olmstead, uh, people are saying very negative things about you in, um, online, in the blogs and whatnot. Uh, what do you have to say about that? And Bishop Olmstead said, uh, I don't know what they say about me in the, the blogospheres, um, But he says, uh, I receive my identity from Jesus Christ, that every morning I wake up, and I spent an hour before the Blessed Sacrament, and what people say and what they think of me does not matter, but what he thinks and says, that's what matters. Bishop Olmsted wasn't proclaiming any of that so that people would think well of him, but those were stories that went around, and and as a seminarian and then now as a priest, I found really inspiring, like really humbling. That, that he came to serve, not to be exalted, like, oh, I'm the bishop, oh, I get a new car, I get all these things, but instead he's like, I'm, I'm here to serve. And in a beautiful, holy way, it just was exalted in my mind of like, wow, like I pray for a heart like that. Our lives communicate. We all know that. It's like when my parents... Not that they ever said this, you know, do as I say, not as I do. <laughs> How do I know that phrase then? You know, but anyway, so. But don't, don't our actions, they speak so much louder. Like people, people know, people are, that's one of the things with, people ask me, they're like, Father, what's the big problem? Like, I stayed overnight at my girlfriend's place, we didn't do anything. And I was like, well, there's. There's a lot we could say about that. But one of the aspects is her roommates know she didn't come home last night or vice versa. And they know you're Catholic. That's not a great example. Well, you're Catholic and you do that, so what's the big deal? And so it's interesting to look at that. God... Jesus has some very strong words today for the Pharisees and the scribes. That they say one thing, but they do another thing. They want other people to do these things, but they actually don't do it themselves. And in the first reading, you even hear called out priests. And God has very strong words for priests who aren't faithful. That, and, and do we not feel the burden of priests who have not been faithful. And what God is saying through the prophet Malachi is they will be held accountable. In a sense, he uses the word curse. That when the responsibility is that much higher, the accountability is that much higher. And and doesn't it, in a sense, make it hard for all of us to be Catholic at times? There's so many people that probably aren't even here today because they're like, I just can't, I've been scandalized by the church. They say one thing, but look at what they've done. And you know what? They're right. And it's sad. But these will, they will be held accountable, but all of us will be held accountable in our own way. I, I can't control what other people have done, but I can control what I do with my life. And St. Paul, he has these, these beautiful words today when, in talking about sharing the gospel, that we, were, that we lived among you And we were determined to share with you not only the gospel of God, but our very selves as well. That that I don't just want to give you a message. I want to give you myself. That that Christ is not just a message that I share. Christ has permeated every aspect of my being. And I want to share all of that with you. I wanna share my entire life with you. What, this, what does this look like? Here's a, a little example, last weekend was homecoming, and we had a, an early morning mass, and after mass, um, the students all went over to the Focus Missionaries' house where they were making pancakes. And it's, the house is actually located between, directly between campus and downtown. And so you can imagine there was all sorts of traffic. And so they went outside and they started inviting people in. Hey, you guys, you guys want some pancakes? They're like, we don't know you, but yes, you know. Like, and and then they're like, sure, you can use my bathroom, Mr. Stranger, you know. And that they just they opened up their hearts and their house, their lives, to these people. Like, we don't just want to give you pancakes. We want to share our very selves with you. Ultimately, we'd love for you to know Jesus, but we'll start with pancakes and syrup, you know. <laughs> And so it's, it's amazing how inviting people in, it it moves hearts. There's the story of St. Josephine Bakhita. She was born in Sudan in the 19th century. And as a child, she was kidnapped. She was trafficked. And over the next 12 years, she was traded about a dozen times. And she ended up with this family in Italy. And along the way, she had been greatly abused. And she had scars all over. And At that time, the family went on a trip and they said, we'll just let you, while we're gone, we're going to entrust you to the local Catholic sisters. But while she was there with the Catholic sisters, she lived with them, she ate with them, she prayed with them, she worked with them. And that really began to work on her, that she came to know through these sisters that Jesus and when the family came back and they're like, all right, it's time to come home. She's like, no, <laughs> I've encountered the one who loves me. I've encountered true freedom and I'm not gonna live in slavery ever again. And the family had no recourse because slavery was outlawed. And so she ended up becoming a religious sister and she, she would just like clean and do all these things. And today we call her a saint. She is a saint that was when she died, all the scars she had on her body miraculously went away. That, and she says being trafficked was the best thing that ever happened to her because that's how she came to know Jesus Christ. But the way she came to know him was through the lives of these sisters that these sisters, there's something different. I, I feel A little proud in a good way, I think, about the Newman Center community that I've heard numerous stories over the years where students come here and they say, Father Matt, I've been to all these different churches in Flagstaff, but when I came to the Newman Center, something was different. There's Something was different here. I encountered the Lord here. And when you and I are plugged into the source of life, the one who is joy and peace, that that joy and peace it, it permeates us. It affects people. I bet there's people around you in your classes and stuff. They they look at you and they're like, "There's something different about you," or at least they should. You know, I have I have one friend. How I saw this work in my own life. Uh, I had a friend from high school, and um, and w- when we went to college, we still stayed in touch. And he liked to he liked to play hockey, so he taught me how to play hockey and inline skate and. He liked to go shopping, something I still don't like to do, but I was like, he likes to shop, I want to hang out with him, let's go shop, you know? Um, and then after a while, when I was just hanging out and being involved in his life, he, he started wanting to be involved in my life. He's like, so you guys are playing basketball late at St. Teresa? Yeah, come on by. Uh, what do you guys, oh, you guys are watching, you're having a Super Bowl party? Yeah, come, We're, we have mass too, but come. He's like, okay. And after a while, he's like, um, he started asking questions. He's like, well, what does that mean? What do you guys believe about this? And two years later, he was baptized and became Catholic. I didn't know that would happen. I was just trying to share my life with him. And then that opened him up to Christ. That's, that's, what, that, that's the Catholic way of evangelizing, by the way. I think people are we supposed to like walk around with the Bible and hit people? I was like, well, usually they duck, but you know, like I just, it doesn't work very well. The Catholic way of evangelizing is, we just share life with people. And then they're like, I noticed you don't really swear like everyone else here. Hmm, that's interesting. It's like, yeah, I just think there's more articulate ways of expressing ourselves, you know? Like, but, it, but it comes out over time, you know? There's a, in closing, there's a story that Matthew Kelly shares about this prisoner. Um, there's an American, and he was captured and went to this prisoner of war camp, and, and in the cell was another prisoner. And, and he saw this other prisoner there, and, and he noticed how the jailers would treat this other prisoner worse than him. And he wasn't given much food, and so this prisoner shared a little bit of food with him that he would be beaten and come back, thrown back in the cell, and so this American would, would help like, kind of care for him as best he could, like, we're in this together, let's take care of each other. And one night, the prisoner got thrown back into the cell, and the American looked and thought to himself, he's not gonna survive the night. And so he went over to him and he said, he thought, well, he thought to himself, he's like, I've shared with him my food, my compassion, but I've never shared with him my faith. And so he went over and he said, "Um, friend, uh, I don't think you're going to make it through the night. And I just want to let you know that I hope when you die, I hope you get to meet my friend, Jesus, who wants to save us and take us to that place where there's no more suffering. And that's the reason why I've been caring for you, because of how much he loves me. And the man opened his eyes and looked at the American and said, friend, if he's anything like you, I can't wait to meet him. Our calling is to let Jesus permeate every aspect of our lives and then share our lives with others.